Praise God. Thank God for a brand new month. The faithfulness of the Lord never ceases. His mercies are new every morning. And that's why we can safely say, great is his faithfulness. Amen. Thank God for today. We have every cause to be grateful because today is a brand new month. And we are on the fourth day of a brand new month. God deserves his praise. He deserves worship. Amen. Today I'm preaching on a message inspired by our presiding bishop's devotionals uh, on grace. Uh, from July 31st till date, every devotional we have received during that time span and, and period has been on grace. Amen. So I don't know how many of you really do read our presiding bishop's devotional, but it's less than two minutes. It's, it's, it's great. Amen. So maybe if, if I do tell you the duration of the article, you read it. It's less than a two-minute read. Amen. So you can even read 20 of them in less than 20 minutes. That's very powerful, very concise, straight to the point. Amen. And I'm actually preaching on what he shared in between July 31st and August 4th. That's really the inspiration of today's message. Amen. I believe one of the subjects that every believer needs to understand very well is the subject on grace. And that's not my first time preaching on grace. If you've been in this ministry for some time, you will know I, I do preach a lot on that. In fact, between 2015 and 2016, I heavily majored on grace, uh, the new covenant or new testament and the new covenant realities or the, the new covenant blessings that we have received as a result of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. I, I, I did that a lot because between 2015 and 2016, our, our theme for that year was majored on grace. Amen. So this will not be the first time, but learning, up, learning about it and wanting to preach it makes me realize, well, I, I don't think I've touched on this subject in a while. So I'm glad we are going to do that. But before I start, let me recommend the presiding bishop's book on, on the title Grace, because grace is such a big spell. You can't even do a series on grace. It's very exhaustive, uh, but he wrote this book called Greater Grace. I, I, we do have some copies, so I just give them to you. You don't need to buy them. If you request them, I'll just post it to you or wherever you want. I can see you and get you one. This book is very thorough. I have read books on grace, but this is very thorough, well-researched scriptures on points. Uh, the scriptures are really explained in the spirit of Christ. Amen. And I, I love this book. Of all the, the, the books I've read on grace, this will probably be the standout book for me. Amen. So it's on greater grace. Anything that you want to know about grace is in this book. And everybody has to get one. Amen. So if you need one, just let me know, okay? I'll send it to you wherever you are. You don't need to buy it. Amen. And this book really sold. It sold out very well. I was very happy for my presiding bishop that this book really sold out. It sold out very, very well. This book has opened many great doors of ministry for him. So that's, that's a blessing too. I don't, I don't even think he even has copies on him. I think it's, it's just sold out. You know, it's, It was a very good one. Amen. So please get this treasure and read it and you'll be blessed. Everything on grace. 
is counted on. Amen. Uh, I also recommend the devotionals. So you can read the devotionals, especially this week. Or you can even start from July 31st. Everything on grace is being covered. Very good and very godly. Amen. Some of us who do read it here, we are always blessed. And we want to use the opportunity to thank God for the gift of the presiding bishop and how God is using him to break down scripture for us. Amen. So in today's sermon, let's look at what grace is, and then let's learn about how to connect to it. So I'm talking on connecting to the grace of God. Connecting to the grace of God. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this morning as we come before your holy word. We pray that your word will minister to us in simplicity and in clarity of speech. Thank you that your word will flow in the fullness and in the power of your spirit. In Jesus' name. Amen. Before I start, kindly remember today is communion. Every first Sunday of the month in this church, we do take communion. And we obey the scriptures in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, which says that we should do this as often. So we want to do it all the time. And there are biblical reasons why we do communion. Amen. So please, we'll be taking communion. So have your communion elements ready. And when, when after sermon, we will straight away observe that sacrament and we'll continue with the rest of the service. John chapter 1, verse 16 to 17. Minister, if that was a powerful worship, God bless you. And of his fullness we have all received and grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So in this passage, we saw how grace came by. It came through a person. Grace doesn't just come on its own. It has a source. And we realize that it came through Jesus Christ. So suffice it to say, when you receive Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, you have encountered grace. You have come into contact with grace. Because when we receive Christ, what accompanies Christ is also grace. We have come into a dispensation of grace, and it is grace overflowing. Amen. Grace for grace. That's why the Bible says that we have received grace for grace. We didn't just receive grace and then stop there. We received grace for grace. The nature of grace is it is overflowing. So when we receive Christ, a lot of persons say, oh, we have come into a limitless bountiful abundance of grace for grace. That's what we've come into. Amen. Now, to get the definition, let me look at another translation of the Bible. It's always good to look at different translations. So I want to look at the Amplified of the same scripture we just read. So John chapter 1, verse 16 to 17. I'm reading this in the Amplified version. So for out of his fullness... The superabundance of his grace and truth. We have all received grace upon grace, spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, and gift heaped upon gift. For the law was given through Moses, by grace the unearned, undeserved favor of God and truth came through Jesus Christ. So from this version, we see the definition of grace. 
And if you've been in the church circle or been a Christian for some time, I believe almost all of us may know what grace is. We all say unmerited favor. That's the, the, consens- the consensual definition. And that's correct. Grace is unmerited. It's undeserved favor of God. Amen. So when we connect to grace, the Amplified Version opens it up. Three things we experience. We don't just experience grace for grace, but the Bible lets us know that we experience spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. So that, that's grace. So when we come into this dispensation of the new covenant, which Jesus is our Lord, we have experienced spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Righteousness is a spiritual blessing. We have experienced righteousness upon righteousness. Peace is a spiritual blessing. We have experienced peace upon peace. That's the thing about grace. It's bountiful. It's immeasurable. So you don't just receive it in limited supply. It's it's bountiful. We have received joy upon joy because joy is a spiritual blessing. So when we come into contact with grace, we have experienced spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. That's grace. The second thing that we have also experienced is favor upon favor. So you don't just experience favor in limited measure. You have experienced favor upon favor in its bountifulness. That is the goodness of grace. And then the third thing is that we have experienced gifts Heaped upon gifts. And that's where the word charismatic comes from. The word charismatic is the root word of grace because grace is charis. And then when we talk about charisma, charisma means gifts. So when we talk about a charismatic church, a charismatic church is a church that emphasizes on the gifts of the Holy Spirit being given to the body of Christ individually and collectively. So that is the root word of charismatic. So when we experience grace, we have experienced gifts heaped upon gifts. Don't believe people who say we live in this cessation era whereby gifts have ceased. It hasn't. If we have received Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, we have experienced grace for grace. And when we experience grace for grace, We experience spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. We experience favor upon favor. And we experience gifts heaped upon gifts. Believe God to flow in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. All these three things came without merit. We didn't earn it. And we didn't deserve it. That is the nature of grace. Amen. And we have received this from the superabundance, like the Amplified Version say, of Christ's grace. Now, one more thing we have to note from the text we just read, which I explained further, is that we have received grace upon grace. And I would like to liken this to the sea. If you ever go to the seashore, you will see the waves. They are unending. One wave comes, the next one comes. It overlaps. One comes, it never stops. It's unending. Now, when we receive Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, 
That is how grace should be in our life. It should be unending, overflowing, super abundance. We always have to be walking in the grace of God. And when we are walking in the grace of God, we are experiencing spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing, favor upon favor, gift heaped upon gifts. It's like the waves of the sea. It never, it never stops. When you see the wave, you see the next one. And when we come into Christ, who is grace personified, we also experience a, an, a bountiful, super abundant, limitless supply of grace, just like the waves of the sea. Amen. Now, as Christians, we have good news of having access into this unlimited, superabounding, and ever-increasing grace of God. So go with me to Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 2. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 2. So you don't just receive. It's one thing to receive something. It's one thing to, to have access. You can only receive because the giver gave you permission. But if the giver doesn't also give you the code to what he has given to you, your, your receiving is restricted. Because it can only be received based on the permission of the giver. So we don't just receive grace upon grace. We also have access into this unlimited grace. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 to 2. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Amen. Now, this past month, we've talked on the ministry of reconciliation. And one of the effects of reconciliation is that we have peace with God. I believe by now when I say we have peace with God, we understand. God and us are not on. We are not at loggerheads. We are on speaking terms. We have peace. We don't have beef, as they will say on the streets. God is cool with us. We are cool with him. Why? Because Christ died and he abridged the relationship. And when we talk about reconcile, reconcile means to restore a broken relationship. The relationship that was fractured as a result of one man's sin is no longer there. It's being fixed. And now, one of the things we have to know is that the Bible says that through Jesus Christ, we have access by faith into the grace of God. So how do we experience access into this superabounding, limitless, bountiful supply of grace through Jesus Christ? But I like what it says. It says you have to have access by faith. So you, you, it's not just having the access, but believing. You need to have faith attached to experience the access and flow in the grace of God, God has for us. Amen. So the password for accessing grace is Christ. The attitude needed is faith. 
Because without faith, it's not going to work. Amen. There is more grace for the believer. More grace. Like I said, grace is already bountiful, abounding, limitless. I'm looking for all the words to describe it. That is grace in itself. And on top of that, you can experience more of it. Can you imagine that? Now, I'm just talking about the nature of grace. The nature of grace is limitless, bountiful, it's abounding, super abundant. That's just grace. That's one level of grace. You see, it's limitless. But on top of that level, you can go to the next level where you experience more of that bountiful, super abundant, limitless grace. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you. So what's the nature of grace? Superabundant. Limitless. Bountiful. Abounding. Peter is writing through the Holy Scripture that that which is superabundant, that which is abounding, that which is limitless, be multiplied. My God, we already have come into a reservoir of limitless, something that you can't count, something that is so much. Peter is saying that that which is so much, that's just one level. Now, may it be multiplied. So you can experience more of limitless, super abundant, abounding and bountiful grace of God. You can experience more of that. That which is not quantified, you can actually experience more of that. And the increase is not addition. The increase is multiplication. And you and I know that multiplication is greater than addition. He didn't say that grace and peace be added in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied, that which is superabounding, that which is abundance, that which is limitless, that which is bountiful, may it be multiplied. My God, we are supposed to swim in the grace of God. Today, I just want to preach this message so that you will build your faith level to connect to that grace. Amen. And the Bible says that it should be multiplied in the knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord. So how do we experience the multiplication of grace? It comes through the knowledge of God and Jesus. So to access grace, one has to know God. One has to have fellowship with Jesus. So when we receive Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, we have received one level of grace which is super abundant, which is bountiful, which is limitless. But we can move to that next level of grace where it will be multiplied. And for that to happen, it has to come through the medium of knowing God. And ladies and gentlemen, God wants us to come to a place where we experience more grace through his knowledge. And when I'm talking about knowledge, it's knowledge in a context. It's not general knowledge. 
knowledge of God, knowledge of Christ. So we, it's imperative that we read the Bible. That's why when you are a Christian, the thing that we have to stress most upon is the Bible. Not experience, not miracles, the Bible. Because it's through the Bible that everything else begins to flow out of. Amen. So when we know God through the scriptures, which strengthens our relationship, we will experience the multiplicity of grace. And then something else is added, peace. So when you know God and when you know Jesus through the scriptures, through worshiping him, through prayer, the Bible lets us know that we experience the multiplicity of grace and then we have peace, which is in addition. And I tell you, if there is a time whereby people need peace, that time is now. Jesus once said something in John chapter 16, verse 33. I pray that when we start our John series again, somewhere in October, not somewhere in October, it's definite. We will start our John series on October 16th. I believe that when we start our book of John series again, we will get to John chapter 16. And when we get there, we will know that Jesus is the source of our peace. He says that in this world, there are many tribulations. But be of good cheer, because in me you will have peace. And I have overcome the world. The world needs peace. And we can only find peace through the knowledge of God our Father and Jesus our Lord. Amen. So now, what the question that we want to ask today is, even though we live in an era and a dispensation of grace, why does it seem foreign? Or why is it that this concept is only known to a section of believers? It's a tragedy to live in the house of bread, yet lack bread. We have come into an era, a dispensation, where the Bible lets us know that grace is super abundant, grace is abounding, grace is bountiful, it's limitless. Yet, in the midst of this dispensation, there are still some Christians who have not really keyed in or tapped into the grace of God. And why is that? There could be many reasons, but by inspiration, I want to hammer on this point, which I'm going to talk about. Amen. But when we receive Christ as our Lord and personal Savior, we do have a level of grace we come into, which I read in John chapter 1. The Bible says that of his fullness we have received grace for grace. For the Lord came by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. We have experienced that grace. That's just one level. And there are many believers who are operating just on that one level of grace. But through the scriptures we have learned this morning that that grace can increase, it can multiply if only we will build a steady, consistent relationship with Jesus, our Lord. Amen. And the way the Christian work is, as we progress in it, we have to come to a place where we can confidently say that we have access into this grace. We have to. And not just stop at level one. Amen. So go with me to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, and let's answer that conundrum. 
Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. In this verse, there's an important word to consider to understand the, 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 the entirety of what this scripture is talking about. That word is therefore. Therefore is a very important word. Do you know why? Because when you use the word therefore, therefore means for this reason or on this ground. Like someone will keep on saying, when you see the word therefore, ask yourself, what is it there for? All right? So when you use the word therefore, therefore means on this ground for this reason. So in order for you to understand on what grounds is the author saying we should come boldly to the throne of grace, it's always important to look at the preceding verses so that you will be able to join the thoughts of the author in understanding why he said we should come boldly to the throne of grace. On what grounds is the author saying we should come boldly to the throne of grace? Now, to understand this verse, you have to look at the previous two verses. In verse 14, the author of the book of Hebrews is admonishing the Jewish believers. Now, the audience... um, that the, the, the epistle of Hebrews was written to were Jewish audience. It wasn't written to Gentile believers. And the author said that, hold on to the profession of your faith. Hold on to you confessing that Jesus is Lord. Don't backslide. Don't let anything take you off your confession of faith. Hold on to your faith. And when you look at that word, hold on, the phrase hold fast, it means to keep carefully and faithfully. So the author is admonishing them, keep carefully and faithfully your faith. You've believed the gospel, hold on to it. Don't let anything dissuade you from your confession. Keep carefully and faithfully to the confession of your faith. Then if you read verse 15, it becomes clear why the author says that. Amen. The author says that because of sin. One of the things that will make us discard our salvation is sin. Now, it's one thing to live as a sinner. It's also another thing to sin as a Christian. They are not really the same. I mean, when you are a sinner, that's your nature. Sinners sin because it's their nature. But when you are a Christian and when you sin, we can't necessarily put you in the same bracket as one who is a sinner. Do you understand? Now, sinning as a Christian can invite the devil's condemnation. One of the weapons that the devil will fight against Christians is condemnation. And that's why Apostle Paul could boldly say in Romans chapter 8, verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus 
who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Now, when we receive Christ our Lord and personal Savior, one of the weapons we will have to fight against and have mastery and triumph over is the devil's condemnation. And it comes in our moments of frailty, our moments of vulnerability. We should not give the devil foothold to condemn us to make us feel unworthy of the grace of God. Why? Because the author of the book of Hebrews said in verse 15, For we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Another word for infirmities is weakness. And if you look at the Greek word infirmity there, it's talking about sin. You have a high priest who can be touched with the feelings of our sins. And because of that, he knows what it is like to be tempted like a man. And when he walked on the surface of this earth, he was tempted as a man, yet without sin. Now, verse 16, let us therefore on these grounds come boldly to the throne of grace. So when you fall in your moments of vulnerability, it should not stop you from coming to the throne of God to experience the grace of God. And there are many believers, they are just packing. They, they have just been in a, in a motion and just have been at level one and they haven't bothered to access the grace of God because one way or another, they are dealing with the conscience of sin because of the condemnation of the devil. But today, we are learning that Jesus will never condemn you. He will never turn you away if you come to him because when you come to him boldly, and that is the operative word, come to him boldly because when you sin, you are condemned. You don't have courage. When you sin, you are condemned. You don't have faith. When you sin and when you are condemned, you don't have that alacrity to come face to face to the throne of God. You become like Adam and you will say that because I heard your voice, I ran and I was afraid. That is what sin will make us do. But in the name of Jesus, I pray that may someone have courage. May someone rise up that I am not just going to enjoy the grace I have received at the inception of new birth, but I'm going to rise higher into the grace that helps me to experience the multiplication of it and I will also experience peace in addition. But for that to happen, you have to be bold. You have to be bold. That, yeah, I may have made a mistake. I know I am not perfect, but I refuse to let the devil condemn me. Sometimes bad teaching can condemn you. Sometimes traditions of men, it may have gone on for so long, repeated traditions, it is not right because it's not in line with scripture, can also make you fall susceptible to that. But today, in the name of Jesus, we are learning from the scriptures that we should hold fast to our confession. We shouldn't allow some weakness, some habitual sin to keep us from denying Christ. But we should know that Jesus is our high priest and he can be touched with the feelings of our weakness, the feelings of our sinful habits, the feelings of our sinful tendencies. He can be touched with it. Why? Because he was a man and yet he didn't sin. And because of this, on this ground, 
let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we will find mercy and then we will obtain grace in time of need. Whenever you fall short of the righteousness that God has set for you, whenever you feel like I am not living like a child of God. That is not the time to run from God. That is the time to draw to him and be bold. Because scripture is telling us that when we come to him, no matter how filthy we are, he will never turn us away. We should just come boldly. Because let me tell you, for you to deal with sin, so that you will be able to enjoy grace unlimited, grace uninterrupted, we have to deal with sin. And one of the ways to deal with sin is grace. Grace kicks sin out of its socket. That is why the devil will always want to prevent you from going to the throne of grace by making you feel condemned. So today, too many Christians are playing church. That's why too many Christians don't understand the grace of God. We are playing church. We've maxed our pain, our condemnation with religion and play acting. But Christianity is not play acting. Christianity is a place where we are to receive a limitless supply of grace so that we can become more righteous, more godly, growing in the image of Christ. But some way, somehow, condemnation has stopped us in our tracks to move further to tap into the grace of God. And we rather play with our sin, feel guilty, feel condemned, have a sin consciousness, and then on top of that, we will play religion, thinking that all is well, but all is not really well. So today I pray, I commend you to the throne of grace, that come to him, no matter what state you find yourself in, he will never turn you away. Why? Because we can be, he can be touched with our feelings of our weaknesses, which is our sinful acts, sinful habits, he will not turn us away. Because once upon a time, he was a man. He knows what it feels like to be tempted, but yet he was without sin. And that is why his throne of grace has been made available so that we can come boldly, even in our moments of frailty, our moments of weakness and vulnerability. And when we come, he will not turn us away but he will rather give us more grace and he will give us mercy. Hallelujah. Titus chapter 2. I'm done. Titus chapter 2, verse 11 to 12. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Grace has appeared to all men. Now, the all men here means all men. Grace has appeared to everybody. That's why we have to take the ministry of reconciliation very serious. Because whenever we minister the gospel to an unsaved person, and the person receives Christ as his Lord and personal Savior, he has just made contact with grace. Grace has been made available. It has appeared to all men, but not all men knows it. 
Men who are not saved, men who are not of our food, will only know of the grace of God because we who are saved and have come into contact with will preach the gospel. The gospel is the vehicle by which people will come into contact with the grace of God. It has appeared to all men. Therefore, all men deserve to hear the gospel, to experience the bountiful, superabounding, limitless supply of God's grace. And hopefully, when they graduate in their Christian work with God, they can move to the multiplicity of grace. They have to move to the next level. But not everybody will experience the grace of God because who is going to preach the gospel to them? Grace has appeared to all men. And look at what happens when grace appears. It teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lusts. It teaches us that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. So there's a reason why whenever you are found in a moment of vulnerability, the devil will condemn you to stop you from approaching the throne of grace. Because whenever you approach the throne of grace, God is going to give you grace that will help you to kick ungodliness, kick worldly lusts, live soberly, live righteously, and live godly in the present age. That is now. The devil is afraid of grace. So that's why when you, you fall into any shortcoming that is beneath your godly status. Condemn him. Make him feel useless so that it will affect him coming to the throne of grace with boldness. Today I've come to disarm you of every bad teaching, every theology, every tradition you have heard that makes you think that whenever you sin or whenever you blow it, God is upset at you. I'm here to tell you he is not. Come to him boldly to receive grace, to kick that habit. That habit can be kicked. That habit can be destroyed. That habit can be overcome. But come boldly to the throne of grace, not by resolution, not by willpower, but by grace. So sin is no match for grace. They are not even in the same brackets. They can't even be compared because grace will always, always triumph over sin. So this morning, connect to grace. I just came to preach this. Connect to the grace of God. Connect to grace the whole of this month. Connect to grace to finish the year strongly. Zechariah chapter 4 verse 7. You know, Zechariah wrote the book at the time when Israel was at a hopeless stage. They were trying to build a temple. And they were not going to finish the temple because of too much opposition from their captors. But God sent Zechariah as a prophet of hope that tell them that they have started and they will finish it. Irrespective of fierce opposition, irrespective of the hindrances and the barriers they will finish and they will shout with the capstone you know a capstone in a building is the last stone that you put to the building to make sure and announce publicly that the building is completed 
Zachariah said that, Zachariah, by the inspiration of the Lord, said that the Lord is telling me to tell you that what you are building, irrespective of the difficulty and the barriers, you will finish it and you will put the last stone on the building, shouting, Grace, grace, grace. It will take grace for you to finish this year successfully. It will take grace to thrive, irrespective of the opposition, the barriers that you are facing. So connect to grace to finish this year strongly. Connect to grace the rest of your life. Connect to it the rest of your Christian experience. Connect to grace. Never stop connecting to grace. There is more grace ahead of us. Connect to it. And Lord, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your grace. I'm going to connect. So today, I want you to have an active posture and connect to the grace of God even as we are about to take communion. Connect to the grace. Connect to a deeper fellowship with him by reading the Bible because grace and peace will be multiplied upon your life through the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. Today I ask you, do you know God? Do you know him? Do you know Jesus? Know him. The time for playing church should be over. The time of play acting should be over. The time of feigning our faith should be over. Today, know God for real and experience grace in its different dimensions. Experience spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing. Experience favor upon favor. Experience gift heaped upon gift. Like I said, it is a travesty to die lacking of bread when you live in the house of bread. Likewise, it is a travesty not to experience the grace of God Yet we are learning that God is magnanimous with grace. And the nature of grace is that it's super abounding. More grace. Experience grace. Connect to it this morning. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Let's have communion. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Lord, today we just want to thank you for your grace. As we eat of the bread, we just want to thank you for your grace. The Bible says that he broke the body. And the body, he took a symbol called the bread to represent it. That take it. This is the body that was shed on the cross so that you and I can have access to this unlimitless, bountiful, superabounding grace. As we eat of it, you have access to this grace, especially if you're a child of God. Don't let sin, don't let the devil's condemnation stop you in your tracks from approaching the throne of grace. Shall we eat? The Bible says that he took the wine, which is symbolic of his blood, and he said, this is my blood of the new covenant, which was shed for the remission of sins. Child of God, hear me carefully. God has remitted you of your sins through his son, Christ Jesus. And because of that, one of the blessings you, re- you receive is the blessing and the gifts of the forgiveness of sins. 
So therefore, if you find yourself in any vulnerable, compromising moments, repent of it and know that God has forgiven you. Shall we drink? Because of the forgiveness of sins, we have access into his grace. Lord, we thank you. Let's thank him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We receive grace. We connect to this grace. We connect, oh Lord. We will not let weaknesses. We will not let our sin. We will not let our human selfish tendencies block us from receiving this grace. We give you praise, O Lord, for what you have done. Thank you, O Lord. We declare today with this household of faith that we connect to this grace. We connect and we receive everything you have for us in this grace. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. My bat the 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 phone the 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 cordless mic battery is dead. But thank God that we are done. Next week the voice will be amplified better. Amen. So thank you all. I pass it over to Pastor Jessica. God bless you. <laughs>